The thing, you know, we during the first segment, if you're just tuning in, uh, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And the first segment of our program, we talk about what's going on in our culture, uh, things, current events, what's happening, and try to uh, look at it from a biblical worldview. And uh, the selection is front and center. We got the first debate of the two presidential candidates uh, tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Uh, this past weekend, uh, a couple of things happened. On Saturday, before the president announced his uh, pick for the Supreme Court seat that was uh, vacated by the death of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, there was a a return, which uh, Jonathan Kahn led this uh, call to repent and return to God uh, in D.C. A lot of people went up there for that. I'm not sure exactly how many, but I do. I heard one estimate of 50,000 people at Mm -hmm. the Franklin Graham prayer march. Um, it was awesome to watch all these people praying and they prayed at seven stations up there. They, mm. they went to places like the world war two Memorial and they had Colonel Oliver North, uh, Franklin mm. Graham's son, Ed, who served 16 years as a special forces guy. Oh, wow. He prayed. I didn't even know his yeah, son served as a special forces guy 16 years, which that means he was probably over in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. probably over in Iraq. Yep. And he prayed. Um, uh, and Graham Lotz, uh, Billy Graham's oldest uh, daughter, prayed. Not his oldest, but um, the daughter that everybody knows is mm-hmm. the preaching daughter prayed um, because she she writes a lot and does a lot. Uh, she, she prayed a, a prayer so beautiful, my wife cried. Mm. I mean, just because it was it was beautiful in the sense it was a call for us to to repent. And, and saying, yes, we need to repent, Lord. We want to repent. We want to turn from how we've squandered what you've given us. Yeah. And uh, for, you know, really from about, I think, 9 a.m. or maybe 11, 11 a.m. Uh, is when it started through the afternoon. They went to these seven stations, all 50,000 people moving from place to place. Mm. And uh, they had one bishop pray, and uh, he has had cancer. And he did a beautiful job of uh, of just calling us uh, to to turn and turn back to God, to trust in God. And so it was uh, it was really a great event. And I, I told Lori as we were watching, what a stark contrast to see fifty thousand of God's people gathering to pray for our country. Yeah. And and at one point they were told because vice president Pence was there with his wife and he prayed and addressed the country, uh, the, the people there. And everybody was told, listen, for the next few minutes, just stay in place while vice president Pence and his wife leave. And I mean, they, people were just solid. Everybody did what they were asked to do. And I said, what a stark contrast between the protest anarchy yeah. and this. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I just, I was glad that, we had that up there. It was great that um, Franklin did that. I, I, I was excited to hear Oliver North uh, share a little bit out there. I hadn't heard much from him lately. I always had a lot of respect for Colonel North and what he did. And, uh, you know, he was a Marine, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it was it was, uh, it was a good, good weekend. The other thing that happened that afternoon was President Trump announced uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Mm-hmm as the judicial nominee for the Supreme court vacancy. And I'll tell you, I was pretty excited because she got up and, uh, gave a, just a great humble acceptance speech for it. And, uh, she would be only the 115th person in history to sit on the court. Wow. When you think about how old our country is. Yeah. And, uh, she's only the fifth woman to sit on the court if confirmed and um and the first 
with school-aged children. I don't know if hmm. you saw the picture of her family. Yeah. She has seven children. You know, Lori and I were talking about it. How does she <laughs> sit on the Supreme Court with seven children? She has two adopted from Haiti and one child with Down syndrome. Hmm. And so uh, it, it was a beautiful thing to watch. But I, I was sharing with you earlier, uh, Taylor, and by the way, if you're listening, we need to pray uh, pray for our country, pray for the leaders. You know, one of the things that's becoming clear, there was a guy named uh, Noah Feldman who was a Harvard law professor. Now, she was a Notre Dame law professor, mm-hmm. won all kind of awards and uh, as a professor and an attorney. And um, this Harvard law professor who's very liberal and was really upset at uh, her passing because he loved her being on the court. But he said, Ginsburg. yes, Mm. but he said, regardless of what you or I may think of this nomination, she is highly qualified to serve on the Supreme Court. He said, I disagree with her philosophy and expect to disagree even with her opinions. But despite that, she is brilliant Mm. and she's conscientious and she analyzes and decides cases in good faith applying jurisprudence principles to which she's committed. She's an originalist. She believes in the Constitution as it was written in context for our country to be the basis for how our laws are interpreted, and that is the job of the Supreme Court, Mm -hmm. not to make law but to interpret what the original Constitution means as far as our laws and everyday life is concerned. So. He said those are the basic criteria for being a good justice. And, you know, if you look back even to Justice Ginsburg, Justice Ginsburg, she was confirmed by an overwhelming bipartisan vote of the Senate. Mm-hmm. And people knew she was liberal. They yeah. knew that. And they never uh, politicized her faith as a Jew. Mm-hmm. It was okay then because they didn't think it was going to be an issue because she was liberal theology. Yeah. Uh, but you had one guy, and I shared this with you before the program today, one guy who is a uh, – one. sorry, I got a text that said it was dead air. That was when that white mm. light was on up there. But one guy uh, wrote uh, – he wrote this. It was an article that came out. He's a CBS News uh, contributor, and he basically equated – Amy Coney Barrett to white colonizers because she has two black adopted children from Haiti. And um, he says that white colonizers adopt black children to civilize these savage children in the superior ways of white people while using them as props in their lifelong pictures of denial while cutting the biological parents of these children out of the picture of humanity. Now think about that. I mean, if you flip that around and you let, let's say that somebody on the opposite ideological view of the spectrum said something like that, they would be vilified and tarred and feathered all over the country. Mm-hmm. But he's allowed to say that. And he is a huge critical race theory guy. He teaches that. And apparently a huge racist if you go off that statement, because that's 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 a racist it, it very much is his name is ibram i-b-r-a-m kendi he's a cbs news contributor and um and just to make that statement when i mean i i you know we have adopted kids of color they're not black they're asian they're mm-hmm. from they're from china but they're kids of color and to to make a statement like that 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 white people only want to adopt kids of color to use them as a prop is such a it's just it is you're right it's a racist statement and that's the problem that you run into when you look at people not as individuals but as members of groups um because to say that, that critical theory yeah and and to say that really is to say oh those kids not knowing their circumstances uh you know of of the adoption or anything like that would have been better to stay where they were and, you know, he makes an assumption that the biological parents were in the picture when you don't know if that's the case. You know, obviously they weren't because they were adopted. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So um, that's just it's preposterous, really. And uh, unfortunately, I think that's uh, has a wider um, acceptability in the culture 
maybe not as strongly as he says it, but there are a lot of people who think, you know, if you're white, you should adopt white. And if you're black, you should adopt black. Um, and that's really going back to like back in the day. That's just, that's straight up racism. Well, um, when uh, Amy Coney Barrett was nominated for the Seventh Circuit back in uh, three years ago, a Senator Feinstein said uh, she talked about dogma. And it's mm-hmm. funny. She gave a Star Wars like statement. She said the dogma lives loudly. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like the force is strong in you. You know, just to make the statement she made, uh, I hope the force is strong in me. Yeah, the right. force of Jesus, right, yeah. in you. And it should be. If that's who we are, it used to be a requirement for any public office. Mm-hmm. And now we got people questioning it. So anyway, when we come back this week, we're going to talk about faith all week, believing. Yeah. So stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You're listening to SWAT radio. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT radio, the toll free number is one 777 7928 That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is Brother by Need to Breathe. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we talked in the first segment about uh, the nomination of nomination of Amy Coney Barrett uh, and just kind of the implications of that and some of the attacks that have already been uh, leveled against her, um, namely that she adopted uh, children from out of the country who are of a different skin color and that she's a Catholic um, which should be something that's frightening for you know any person of faith, but particularly any Christian. Um, and we also talked about um, there was a, a prayer march uh, and a call to revival uh, in D.C. over the weekend on Saturday, and uh, there was about fifty thousand people who showed up and prayed, which is awesome, and you know kind of gives me uh, the kind of the thought of when uh, God told Elijah that there's. 7,000 who haven't bowed the knee to Baal. It's, it's good to know that there are 50,000 yeah. people up there praying. And, you know, one of the stops, um, well, I, I told you the stop, one of the stops was the, the World War II Memorial, mm-hmm. the Washington Monument. Um, they they stopped at the African-American Museum up there yeah. and did one, and they had Alveda King mm. uh, pray yeah. there. And um, so some other people prayed. It was just... Uh, you know, the the whole thing was just to get believers praying for our leaders and for our country. And I, it was just, you looked at the people as they walked, as they prayed, as they were doing everything. And it's just such a stark contrast to anarchy mm-hmm. because chaos is sin. Yeah. Chaos. The If you go back to the old Testament and in, uh, in the book of Genesis, that when it says in the beginning, you know, you go back to uh, Genesis 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and earth. The earth was without form and void. Yeah. That's chaos. Yeah. Without form and void. 
um, to be without form and void and God spoke into it. And then what happened is after sin, that chaos just spread like a snowball throughout history. And we tend to vilify the people, but the, the, the agents of chaos are the minions of Satan. He's yeah. the chief architect of all chaos. And that's why when you look at an organization like Black Lives Matter and you read what they stand for to do away with, quote, traditional values, um, and, they, and, and Satan's crafty. I mean, any believer should believe that all lives matter. Black lives matter. Mm-hmm. Asian lives matter. You know, uh, white lives matter. All life is made in the image of God. Babies matter. The same people that are standing up for Black Lives Matter in that organization, though, believe that you have the right to terminate a child in the womb before that child can have a voice in it. Yeah. They want to take fathers out of the home. Yeah. So there's there's all kinds of, you know, messages there that are chaotic messages, not mm-hmm. God or glorifying messages. And so uh, you should be careful about being woke just yeah. to use a, a current term mm-hmm. and explain what that is one more time for people out there what does it mean to be woke up that means you're woke to the oppression in the system and the way that things really are in society and a lot of pastors a lot of pastors in our country right now are being woke mm-hmm. and they're buying into this in fact there are pastors in some parts of the country that are telling adult children to not let their grandchildren or and for them themselves to stay separated from their parents because of their bigotry because they don't support Black Lives Matter organization, the organization. That's crazy. And so, um, so what we have to do as believers is walk by faith. Yeah. We don't walk by crowd rule, by mob rule. That was a problem with Israel a lot of mm-hmm. times was mob rule. And so we walk by faith. And this whole week, we're going to be talking about faith, the character of faith, the motivation for our faith, the object of our faith, the uh, demonstration of our faith. But we have a time right now where all these obstacles out in front of us are really opportunities for us to put faith on display. What does it look like to speak the truth when we know that speaking that truth is going to have a cost? Yeah, uh, and, and like uh, we saw an example of that last week in uh, Idaho, Moscow, Idaho, of, of you know, talking about chaos when the agent of chaos is, you know, part of the government. And how do you respond to that without being violent, without being, um, you know, crazy, without, you know, losing who you are and just singing hymns? And people got arrested for it, but that singing is singing hymns yeah. in a church parking lot. Yeah, they were singing hymns in a church parking lot. A lady last week got tased in a stadium, mm-hmm. sitting nowhere near anybody because she didn't have a mask on. And people struggle. Well, she should have had her mask on. Well, what what about when the the order is no more? You got to have a mask on. You can't have a Bible. Yeah. What, what about when you have to subscribe to this or that? I mean, really, she was sitting in a stadium with nobody around her. That's observing. She was observing social distancing there. Mm-hmm. And yet they said she still had to have a mask on to watch her son play football. So, uh, again, I think in light of all the the data that's out there, it's a broad government overreach mm-hmm. in a lot of areas. And and that's a very battle that a lot of pastors in California are fighting right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And so what does it mean to walk by faith? Well, the book of Hebrews is the book we've been teaching at SWAT since last September. We've been going through verse by verse, and it's a book written to a faith community over and around Rome back in about 60 to 70 A.D. It was written from um, a writer who was addressing a group of people, there's actually three subgroups in the faith community. The first group was a people, a group of people that were all in with Jesus. They had had a heart transformation by the Holy Spirit, and they were intellectually bought in, 
and they left this Jewish sacrificial system to only trust in Jesus, but they were being pressured to go back to that sacrificial system. The second group is a group of people that intellectually bought in, but they never had a heart change. It was merely intellectual. It never made the 18-inch transfer down to their heart. And so they were going back and and really becoming more loyal to the Jewish sacrificial system than to Jesus. They weren't even wrestling. They were going back. And then the third group still trying to decide. So this writer wrote uh, a book, and he put theology in it. He put warnings in it. And the warnings primarily apply to groups two and three. Principally, they apply to group one, but primarily to group two and three. And he says in chapter two, don't drift away from the message. Don't neglect this message of Jesus. Don't don't ignore his invitation because every warning is an invitation. That's chapter two. It's the first warning. In chapter three of Hebrews, it's the second warning. He says, don't harden your heart. For those that hear the message and you start to drift, your heart can become hard. And then in the uh, fifth and sixth chapters, he gives a third warning, which is don't waver between the world. You should be teachers. You've heard it so much. Don't waver back and forth. Be all in with Jesus. And then in uh, chapter 10, last week, we looked at what it means to be an apostate. And he gives that warning in chapter 10, verse 26. He says, don't continue sinning deliberately when you have the knowledge of the truth. Because 1 John 3 says that God's seed is in you. You're not going to keep on deliberately with a pattern of sin, of unrepentant sin. So those were the four warnings we looked at. Um, Don't drift. He says, don't harden your heart, don't waver, and don't be an apostate. And then he's going in between the next warning, which is in chapter 12, into chapter 11 to giving them um, a history of faith throughout God's people and a call to them to be people of faith. He explains the character of faith. He explains um, what the motivation for our faith is, and he does it the way we learn best. How do we learn best? By seeing people mm-hmm. who are walking in a way that you want to teach somebody, right? That's the way I was taught in the Marine Corps. They told you something, then they demonstrated it, and then you did it. Yeah. Well, that's what he's doing. He does these four warnings now in chapter 11. We know it is the Hebrews. I mean, I'm sorry, the heroes of the faith chapter. And then in the, the 12th chapter, he gives the fifth warning, which is don't deny him. And we'll get to that Uh, in a couple of weeks, but this week we're looking specifically at verses 1 through 16, and as we look at these, I want to lay out the outline for our week. Today we're going to look primarily at the author of the faith, which is God, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 4. Tomorrow we're going to look at verses 5 and 6 and 7, where we see the motivation for our faith, and we also see the demonstration of our faith And then on Wednesday, we're going to look at the journey or process of our faith in Abraham. He's the demonstration there. So the author of our faith, we're going to look at Abel. uh, And then the motivation uh, and the demonstration, we're going to look at Enoch and Noah. And then Wednesday, we're going to look at Abraham. So as we get ready to go through this, Taylor, and uh, we got, I know we don't have enough time to read the text. You'll read it when we come back. But I want our uh, listeners to think about these questions How or where are we following God in such a way that it requires faith? Mm. I mean, it's easy to say you believe in God and you're following God if it doesn't require you to have to go into a place that you don't know how you're going to provide for a particular thing or you don't know how you're going to protect yourself in a particular thing Mm -hmm. or you don't know how you're going to accomplish a particular thing. So the question is, If we're following God, he's going to take his people into places where they can't know for sure how it's going to work out. But we like to know that, right? We like to have all our ducks in a row to make sure and cover all contingencies before we take that step a lot of times. And he's saying, no, follow me in such a way where you walk not by sight, but by faith. That's the way he's always led his people. Second, how do others around me view my faith? In other words, I went to see a movie with Lori the other night called Infidel. Mm, and uh, yeah. we went to this movie, and it's about Jim Caviezel, who played uh, the Passion of the Christ. He played Jesus in that movie. Plays a guy who uh, makes a statement in the Middle East. 
and he gets arrested and he's put on trial. So here's a question as we go to the break. If you were put on trial for faith in the one true living God, would there be enough evidence to convict you by the people that know you? Mm. Yeah, so think about that. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking and Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. We'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. There is good news for the captive. Ren Collective with Rescuer. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Hebrews uh, chapter 11 this week, uh, verses 1 through 16. Uh, Chapter 11 is known as the uh, Hall of Faith or the Heroes of the Faith chapter. Um, So we will be looking at that. Uh, The theme, obviously, is faith and living by faith and walking by faith and uh, walking with God uh, through through your life, through uh, uh, trials and tribulations and good times as well, just whatever comes. Um, so we are there. If you missed that, you can actually listen to our podcast. If you want to miss, uh, catch what you didn't miss, uh, you can find that wherever you listen to your podcast by searching SWAT Radio. Hey, um, I uh, I meant to announce this in the first segment. Uh, you're going to want to tune in on Thursday this week. Um, we are having probably one of our most requested podcast uh, guys back. Uh, and and radio programs back a guy named daryl harrison this time he's going we're going to have his friend virgil walker from omaha virgil's up in omaha daryl's out in california but they do a uh a, a podcast number one christian podcast in the country called just thinking and daryl daryl grew up in the atlanta area and now he works out at grace to you as a um He's basically their social media guru okay. and, and cultural issues. And he has uh, been very, very adept at, at taking what's going on in our culture and looking at it from a biblical standpoint. He's very biblically solid. And uh, he, he talks a lot about the critical race theory. And, uh, and I think it's really, it'll be good. Um, why it's important. He talks about total partiality, unconditional rejection of white people. This is part of critical race theory, uh, limited contentment, irresistible race, and perseverance of complaints. I mean, he talks about that on his blog. You can go there. But he's going to be here with Virgil um, to talk about cultural Marxism, uh, Christian socialism, 
and all these issues that get swept up into the critical race theory. So uh, you'll want to tune in. That's Thursday. This coming up Thursday. I think it's October 1st, by the way. So uh, uh, that'll be Thursday. I hope you'll join us for that. Well, uh, Taylor, getting back to Hebrews and this idea of the character and demands of faith. You know, faith is walking with God because, one, we can't see God. Mm -hmm. He's invisible to us. His effects aren't, but he is. And it requires faith to believe him. And we, we have to believe that he's a rewarder of those that seek him according to what Scripture says. So as we go into this, I just want to remind people that last week we defined apostasy as knowing the truth then rejecting the truth, turning your back on Jesus, not persevering, not temporarily, but you know permanently. True believers always persevere. And we looked at the fact that the perils of apostasy – are no right relationship with God, no remedy for sin, God's judgment and wrath poured out on us. And a friend this week gave me, uh, he reminded me from a book, he gave me a sheet of some things from One Minute After You Die Mm -hmm. by Erwin Lutzer, who used to be the pastor up in Chicago. One minute after you die, it says, angels usher your souls to heaven or to hell. You immediately enter into God's presence if you're a believer. You are a conscious, you are conscience in command of your thinking, feeling, speech, and memories. According to Luke 16, what Jesus shared there. You participate in magnificent worship with angels and believers before the throne of God and Christ. If you are in the faith, you're aware to some degree of activities and events on earth. You will recognize and communicate with believers who preceded you in heaven. If you're in the faith. If you are not in the faith or you're an apostate, uh, I mean, you're not in the faith if you are an apostate. So whether you're a pretender or just an outright rejecter, you will experience no love, no help, and no hope. And so the writer is warning these people, don't ignore, don't drift, don't harden your heart, don't waver, don't be an apostate. And then he says, now this is faith. And he defines it. So he wants them to be clear. This is it. This is what I want you to receive. And he says, the first thing in verses 1 through 4 is God reveals the author of our faith, where it comes from. It doesn't come from us. We can't manufacture it. We can't appropriate it. We can only receive it. And if we can only receive it, how do we get it? Well, you have to ask for it. And and so in Verses 1 through 4, he reveals the character of faith, and he uses Abel as an example of true faith. And and let's start with that. I'm going to have you read verses 1 through 4, and we're going to look at faith as defined by God is God revealed, not man earned or created. You cannot create it. You cannot earn it. It is a gift of God. And so just verses 1 through 4 today. All right. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their uh, commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith... uh, through his faith, through though he died, he still speaks. So Abel's faith outlived him. Mm. Our faith will outlive us if it's in God. Our faith, you know, our faith will outlive us, and the and it will speak to the one true living God. That's why God wants us to receive faith. And in verses one through three, he shows us the character of faith. He says it's the assurance of things hoped for. He's not talking about a a rich bank account. He's not talking about a a, a nice car in your driveway here. When he talks about the assurance of things hoped for, he's talking about peace with God the creator because of our separation and our self-ledness and our selfishness. He says it's the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. 
And he starts by going all the way back to creation, for by it the people of old received their commendation. And he says, by faith we understand the universe was created by the word of God. He says, what was seen was made by that that wasn't seen. And it's amazing to me the number of people that say, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in a creator God. And I said, well, how do you think we got here? Well, we, you know, there was just a big explosion. I said, but that didn't tell me how we got here. Mm-hmm. That just tells me how you think it happened. But why are we here? You see, that's the question that gnaws at each of us. Why am I here? Why am I on the earth? What is my purpose? Who made me? Nobody can answer that question. Buddha can't answer that question. Um, Islam can't answer that question because they serve false gods. Mm -hmm. Only the Bible talks about God created us for a personal relationship with him and a partnership to put the creator God on display to the world around so that those that are his would respond be part of the ongoing message until the time that he sees fit for his son to come back. And this whole world that we live in is going to be blown up, man. It's going to be on fire. It's going to be destroyed. And he's saying he gave us his word, and we're going to see uh, later this week how it unfolded, but he gave us the Bible to explain his plan, and he says here again, like he did back in Genesis, He spoke it into existence. God spoke and it happened. And so if God can speak the world into existence, guess what? He can speak your faith into existence. And he's the author of our faith. And he says, ask and it will be given to you. Knock and the door will be open. That's what he's talking about. So we need to ask God. If you're out there and you're struggling, God, I just don't believe. Ask him. Help me. Help me believe, Lord. Help me to understand how I'm supposed to relate to you. Help me understand how I'm supposed to walk with you. We need to ask him that. And then he gives an example of what it looks like at the very beginning with Abel. And Abel, he says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice. To really understand the implications of that, you got to go back to Genesis. And back in Genesis chapter 4, It tells the story of Cain and Abel. And in verse 2, it says, talking about Eve, and she bore his brother Abel, because Cain was born first. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. And there we start to see a distinction. The difference between Abel, Abel was a steward, and Cain was a worker. He was somebody out there working, trying to make something happen. So many people think they can work their way to God. And he goes on to further say, in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. Now, what's interesting is it says Cain brought fruit of the earth, fruit of the ground. Abel brought fruit of god Mm. who made an animal god did Mm. right yeah see cain was a king i mean abel couldn't make a sheep yeah he he couldn't do it yeah so when we come back i want to kind of further explore that with you when we come back on swat radio all right we'll be back with more after the break this program has the potential to reach millions of men each week If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. 
Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. But right now, oh right now. It's easy to say when there's nothing to bring me down. But what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? Welcome back to Spot Radio. That is Mercy Me with Even If. Uh, we have been talking about Hebrews chapter 11, uh, particularly looking at verses 1 through 4 today. Uh, chapter 11 is the Hall of Faith, the Heroes of Faith chapter, um, and we've been talking about walking by faith, walking with God uh, throughout your life by faith. So if you uh, have any questions or would like to add anything, please uh, uh, call us at one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. That's one eight four four triple seven swat or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That is ask at SWATradio.com. We'd love to hear from you and answer any questions that you may have. Um, you know, Taylor, as we look at uh, this Genesis passage, I want to point out it says here also uh, that when the two offerings, and by the way, offering it was an act of worship. It was a sacrifice. And it was a sacrifice that was supposed to be brought to the Lord in accordance with the way the Lord had dictated because God apparently had laid out the way they were supposed to bring things. Uh, And it says, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of the fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering but for Cain and his offerings, he had no regard. And then, so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And what he's saying there is, if you do it the way I told you to, Mm -hmm. you know, if you bring it the right way, the way I dictate, because you're not God, I am. Yeah. I think this is one of the biggest problems for us as believers a lot of times is we go to God the way we think we want to go instead of how he says to come to him. People think, listen, you know, God is God and we're not. Yeah. He created the universe and we forget that he is a powerful, holy being and we're not. And we're so arrogant at times in believing that that we can just arbitrarily choose to dis, you know, regard his commands, mm-hmm. to not care about reading his word. He tells us to meditate on my word day and night. To you know, you will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, producing its fruit in its season. Well. Part of his word says back in Leviticus, if you go and read amongst all those Levitical rules that you don't like to read, it says in Leviticus 17, 11, it is the blood that makes atonement. In other words, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Apparently, God had set in place a sacrifice of a lamb or an animal to be a reminder of the pain of sin to be a reminder that sin has deadly consequences. And it goes all the way back to the garden 
Because in the garden, when Adam and Eve sinned, they tried to cover themselves with leaves. How successful can a leaf be in covering you? Yeah. Because it's going to crumble. A leaf is not going to provide any long-term covering. So God covered them with an animal skin. Well, if he covered them with an animal skin, what had to happen to that animal? Had to die. Yes. And so apparently from Leviticus and other passages of Scripture, an animal dying was used to cover the penalty of sin of God's people. And that was the way you brought that offering to show God you understood that our selfishness and, and our we, we have nothing to offer you but an ask for mercy to, to let you know we understand sin has a great consequence and we're sorry and we come to you because you're merciful, you're good, and we want to just say thank you. Well, apparently Cain brought the fruit of the ground, fruit of my works, and so many people, even churches, even denominations teach it's Jesus plus works. Mm-hmm. It's Jesus plus you got to do this. No, we do this because he did that, not because we bring it to earn anything with God. And what he's saying here is our faith is not in the sacrificial system. See, remember, the Jewish people had corrupted the sacrificial system to make it works-based, and they really believed that it was by works. That's why Paul wrote Galatians to, to help the people understand. It's not, listen, he says, if you get circumcised, what good does it do that Jesus died on the cross? It doesn't do any good. He says the whole reason he died was because you could never be good enough. And so it's by God's mercy. It says in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace. It was always by grace. He says it in Romans when Paul writes. He says in Galatians, it's by grace that we're saved through faith. Our very faith is a gift of God. And he's the author of our faith. It's God revealed. It's not man created or man earned. And that's what he's saying in this first little section of Hebrews. He's reminding these people in groups two and three, don't go back to that works-based system because that works-based system is like Cain. You're bringing your efforts to God, and he doesn't want your efforts. What he wants is you to receive his gift. Yeah. I mean, isn't that a great message, though, for us? Mm-hmm. A good reminder for us? Yeah. And I think we need that today because there's such a tendency in our culture to pull yourself up by the bootstraps, mm-hmm. to just gut through it. You can you can be a person of faith. You just got to believe. In fact, the whole prosperity gospel, Yeah. people put faith in faith, not in Jesus. Yeah. They mention Jesus. But it's if you just have a little bit more faith, this will happen. If you just, well, you can't manufacture that faith. You can ask God to give you more faith. Mm. You say, like the guy who wanted his uh, child healed, and Jesus goes, how long am I going to put up with this? And he goes, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. In other words, give me more faith, please. And, And that's why he wants us to keep coming back to him and asking, and when we fail, we come back. You know, uh, I said Tyler, Taylor. Man, I got so many names going through my head right now. Taylor, 26 times in this passage, the word faith appears in, 11, in chapter 11. And it's the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, which means a belief that produces an action. Mm. For most people, they, they hang on to uh, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. They hold on to that word believe. It's the same word, right? But at the end of John 3, if you go over to John 3, the last part of it, I think it's 336. In John 336, people don't remember that portion. They they tend to neglect that portion because they want to hold on to the intellectual assent belief instead of what he he clarifies over in John 3.36. The last verse in the chapter, read it. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. So what does he do? He equates 
true belief with obedience. Mm-hmm. See, Abel believed that God was a rewarder of those that seek him the way he says to be sought. Uh, humanism says, I can come to God. It's, 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 I come to him any way I want. I'm going to make God like me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that this way. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it. And, and that's what Satan wants. If you don't know what God's way is, read the Bible. And if you can't understand it, get with somebody that does. That's what he says. And we're going to see throughout this week, he brings person after person to pass on the faith. And what does it say about Abel? His faith still speaks. Why? Because we just talked about how he demonstrated faith in his life. And we're talking about him thousands of years after he passed. Yeah. Isn't that wild? That's pretty crazy if you think that's as close to the beginning beginning as you can get almost. Almost, you know? yeah. like right there. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And we're still talking about him. And we don't even know how long he lived. He didn't live that long, apparently. But he was a man of faith. Isn't that wild? Yeah. That's... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> And it's kind of funny to think about that. You don't hear a lot of messages about Abel's faith. Yeah. You hear it in the relation to killing Cain, killing him Uh and and that. But really, the whole purpose of Abel is that he was a man of faith who brought sacrifice and worship to God the way God had prescribed. And that's that it was obedience. Faith equals obedience. Walking with God. That's why Jesus said. Don't say you love me if you don't obey me. Yeah. He who loves me keeps my commandments. You know, in John 10, my sheep hear my voice. My, they, they're going to follow me, and they follow me. Yeah, and just like with Abel, there's going to be consequences. You know, as a result of his faith, obviously it was Cain's action, but because he had faith and because he did what was right and Cain was mad and jealous, he killed him. And God let him. Yeah. And you go, why? why did he do that? Well, one thing, he redeemed him from this place called Earth yeah, and put him up there with him yeah. wherever he is, you know? Yeah. So I, I just think it's a fascinating, fascinating look at the beginning of the faith story, Yeah, you know, and mm-hmm. he's laying this out for people to turn. So if you're listening, don't keep walking in sight. Walk by faith. All right. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The handle is at SWAT Radio Talk. That's at SWAT Radio Talk. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual warriors.